I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Sports Joe presents the GAA Hour. Okay, you're all very welcome to the show. Um... Obviously, All-Ireland Club final uh, review show um, and what a brilliant pair of games we had um, on Sunday between the hurling at the start. You probably thought it couldn't get better, it couldn't get tighter than that with the football coming on, um, but it did. It was just as tight. Both games going down to the very last puck and the very last kick um, in the football Unfortunately for, for the two free takers, uh, neither of them could score. They were obviously very difficult uh, frees to take on. But Lee, um, I, that just underlines the day of drama that we had uh, on All-Ireland Club final day in Croke Park yesterday. Yeah, it, it does now. You know what? And it was testament to the four teams that were playing in the middle of a storm in those terrible weather conditions. You know, people were talking about postponing the game and stuff beforehand. But for those teams to go out, and play at the level they did. Like, you know, watching from TV, you wouldn't even really have known that there there was uh, a storm going on because they were just so fluid in their games. Like, and, and it was a, a brilliant spectacle. I was sort of fearing the worst in terms of entertainment and how the wind was going to affect the game. And it obviously still played its part, but it didn't do anything to uh, null the drama. Yeah, it, it nearly added to the drama, Lee, um, yeah. in fairness. Um like I, I suppose All Ireland Club finally, it's just one of those days. It, it's it's very rare, I suppose, that you get two games in the one day that you're equally as interested in. Do you know when when it's when it was All Ireland's say senior hurling finals? It's a minor game and and a senior game. And on club final day, you have the senior the senior hurling, the senior football. It's just special that you have one game following another, non-stop drama. And I suppose if if your if your own club is competing in it you'd nearly be shot with nerves like but when you're kind of a neutral in some ways you can just enjoy it that bit more and and I have to say it's one of my fa- it's it, it is my favorite day in the calendar because of that reason you've the two games to kind of you can soak it all in yeah absolutely i mean it's like christmas day for uh club gaa isn't it you know to have these two massive occasions sort of squeezed into the to the one stadium and then sometimes when you have a game and the first game is really exciting the second game you know, it, it, it doesn't tend to live up to the expectations, but in all our final day, it, it normally does. And then also, when it's two county games, like when you've got back-to-back games, my mind always goes back to, do you remember a couple of years ago when Armagh played Galway in that absolute thriller? I think you were at it. Yeah. Uh, and it went to penalties. And then after that game was Kerry and Mayo, which is absolute blockbuster in any regard, but everyone was just zapped. You know, and, and you couldn't even enjoy it and, and it couldn't live up to it. It was nearly too much. But because club football, club hurling, you know, it's the 60 minutes. So you save 20 minutes, I suppose, between the two games. Um, they're both finals, two different sports as well, obviously. It, it just all adds to the occasion. It's like the perfect uh, like cocktail of just entertainment if you're a GAA fan. Yeah, they both lived up to it uh, as well. Like, And 
uh, in fairness to the, the hurl and the football, they were both just um, brilliant games. We're going to start off with the with the football, Lee, um, and obviously it's it's great times uh, for Ulster Club GA. They've won the three All Irelands with Arva winning the junior, with Cully Hanna of Armagh winning the intermediate, and with Glenn winning the the senior. Glenn were obviously and probably the the hotly fancy team out of the tree coming into the finals. Um, when they had beaten Kilmacud Croaks and when they'd been there last year, it kind of seemed as if, you know, it was it was it almost seemed as if it was fate for for Glenn um, coming up to this game. But um, I suppose and 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 Bridges were probably written off from that perspective coming into the game. Mm-hmm. No, uh, for sure. And like Glenn, um, they went into the final last year as underdogs, and then you sort of have that tag again when when you get to re- repeat the feat of, of of reaching the All Ireland final again. It's a little weird sort of pattern that's emerged, isn't it? Um, uh, Kilku lost an All-Ireland final, then they won it the next year against Kilmacog Crokes. So Kilmacog Crokes lost that final, then they won it the next year against Glen. Glen lost that final, so they've won it the following year, this year, against uh, St. Bridget. So that that's a good omen for St. Bridget's at least. But not only that, um, they're just a fantastic team. Um, they really took the game to Glen. I mean, there's a combination, okay, Glen definitely didn't play to the best of their potential. We know that some of them players, especially in terms of their shooting, can do a lot better. But St. Bridges were just so clinical. I mean, their forwards, we talked a lot about their forwards going into the match, and they're just devastating, so they are. And they really, you know, match the occasion. And I have no doubt, given their age profile as well and the experience that this will give them, I, I think St. Bridges will be around for a long time to come. Well, isn't it unbelievably that, they hadn't been in in the last two um, Roscommon senior football finals. Like, and you're looking at them yesterday, and you're looking at them. Um, it, you know, in the last few uh, games that they've played, like we've seen them against uh, Corfin, where they were unbelievable. Um, we've seen them against Castlehaven; they were very good. And I suppose. They, ha- they haven't been in the last two finals. And, th- and Jerome Stack, was he was asked about that in an interview after the game. He was obviously very disappointed. He was asked, like, do you think you'll be able to come back um, next year? Like, they're obviously a young team. And he just said, you know, like, it is very hard to get out for a scrum and even harder again to, to, to win Connacht. Like, so... Mm-hmm. Like there's no guarantees, but um, it, it, like he he obviously backed his 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 young team that they will be able to to do it again um next year. But like they've just they took the they took the the whole championship by storm and they took that All Ireland final by storm, Lee. Because as you said, um, Glenn were they were such overwhelming favourites. Like anywhere you listen to, people were talking that Glenn will cover the handicap. That you know, wherever Bridgets have their strong points, you're thinking of Eddie Nolan, Ben O'Carroll. Like people were saying that wherever they have the strong points, that Glenn are just better. Like, but for from the 13th minute to the 57th minute, um, yesterday, Glenn or Bridgets led that game, and yeah. they were much the better team. Um, and and like they were what they were four points up with with four minutes to go, and you're thinking that they're home and hose. Like people were saying. I was up in Croke Park and people were saying the two cups are heading to the west of Ireland. Like, um, it's it's a credit to them, I suppose, the way that they did show up and completely attack the game and they just played Glenn off the park really for for for, I suppose the 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 middle period of that game anyway. Yeah, no, it it definitely is. Um, and we, like I said, we all know going forward, like what what they offer in terms of attack, uh, with Ben O'Carroll and um Derwin and stuff, but. Defensively, they were brilliant. You know, in possession, they were fantastic. Um, they, they, and then clinically, they were just so much better than Glenn. I think Glenn had hit something like seven wides before the thirty seventh minute or something, and St. Bridges only finished the game with one wide at the very end. So that just tells you how the very uh, the very last kick, like that's unbelievable, yeah. really. Yeah, and and it, it wasn't even far off either. Like, I mean, that's just how accurate they are, and, and that's why I think they'll be so devastating again uh, next season. But I know I take the point that um. Getting through Ross Common is, is, is challenging enough. Because funny, I, I interviewed Connor Glass last week, and I sort of said, you know, at the start of the year, this is this is this is where Yunus will have wanted to be. Yunus will have said like, oh, one game at a time. But really, Yunus would want to have been back in the in the club All Ireland again. And he was like, 
I'm, I'm not joking when I say that we couldn't think like that because getting out of Derry is so difficult. You know, it was only mm-hmm. three years ago before they had even won a Derry Senior Championship in their history. Um, and they couldn't take that lately. So, like, that, that that's why the All-Ireland Final is such a, a massive occasion, isn't it? Because to get through your county and then to get through your province and, and to make it this far and to rack up all them wins against so many incredible teams is, is just fantastic. And by the end, it looked like um, St. Bridget's were riding that momentum better while Glenn nearly looked flat. They looked like, you know, it had been a long season. There this back-to-back All-Ireland Finals. That's almost two seasons without stopping. And it you know, nearly had run out of steam just at the at the very uh, last minute, but they managed to pull it off in the end. Well, that's it. Malik O'Rourke said afterwards that we, we, we nearly saved our worst performance until last. We just couldn't get going at all. Um, possibly we were a wee bit nervous. You can mask it all, all you want, but after losing one All-Ireland, you don't want to lose a second one. And they, they kind of played like that, Lee, like a team that were... I suppose more afraid of of of, of losing. I suppose um, mm. than you know attacking the game like Bridget's were, and it was funny. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it uh, during the week. Shane Kern was on off the ball, and it was yeah. probably one of the funniest. Um, it was one of the funniest pre match previews I've I've ever seen. Like it was a minute and a half clip, and he said that the Glen bus driver will be nervous. <laughs> he might take the he he Kern obviously had it that. Um, Glenn were staying in Johnstown House Hotel in Kildare and he said the bus driver, he might take the South Ring Road instead of the North Ring Road. Uh, they won't be sleeping in their own beds. They mightn't want <laughs> they mightn't want the breakfast Sunday morning, even though the breakfast is lovely. Um well the Bridget's lads will have their their mothers making the breakfast for them. Like so this was this was uh obviously uh Ker- Shane Kern was was um you know, he was he was on a bit of a wind up, and and he he wasn't being too serious. Like, but I seen a lot of people did take him very serious. He was getting a lot of uh, criticism um, from from some people. But in fairness, he he was nearly proved right for for parts of the game that that that, that they were nervous. Yeah, like it, it did sort of look that way, and I know what you mean when it looked like um, they because they were playing sort of safe. But I it, there's nothing as draining on a team when you're hitting wide after wide because you know then when you've got the ball at a shooting position, you've maybe just missed the last three as a team. And if you hit this shot wide, then that, that adds up to four. And then suddenly you guys are in like a real disaster and you don't want to be the person that made them do that. And it has like a doubling effect because then you've got players like, you know, real leaders in the team, like a Kieran McFall who are going to burst in like, no, I'll take responsibility here. But then maybe the shot selection wasn't the best one so it does just add to the weight and it, and it just zaps the soul out of you so it does like um, and it, it really felt that way with Glenn but at the same time you never really doubted their character like even when they went four points down at the very end I still thought they were going to get it back till close not necessarily that they'd win it but I, I, I didn't think St Bridges were ever going to win that game by more than a point or two at the, at the absolute most um, and there were sort of hints of that at the end of the first half when they managed to get the goal because they scored 1-1 in like the last minute maybe, two minutes of uh, the first half to, to make it all square. And like to be honest, they didn't deserve to to go in halftime at all square, but that's that's sort of what champions do. Yeah, like you have to give them credit that, and it is a sign of a good team, as we always say, that if they're not playing well, that they're still able to grind it out. Um, and in fairness to Glenn, they did do that. And like you have to credit the character because they would have been, like they were down to 14 men when Cahill Mulholland got his black card. Mm-hmm. They would have been, this would have been, this would have felt like a nightmare in, in Croke Park for them. Like Ewan and Mulholland had gone off injured. Um, Connor Carville. Connor Carville had gone off injured, their captain. Yeah. Um, Kieran McFall, as you mentioned, like that wide hit from the twenty-one, like that was just, and he lay down on the ground after kicking it, and you're just thinking like this is not these boys' day. Like McFall hit four wides uh, in in the game, and you know it it did it 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 was a great sign of them that they did eventually grind it out because there was so many moments, Lee, where you just felt that. Like this isn't this isn't Glenn's day, um, mm-hmm. and the camera would pan to to Malik O'Rourke, and he would turn around, and he'd be, he would just look 
nearly shocked at, at what was going on uh, in front of him. Like I'm thinking of that McFall wide. Like Mulholland was so silly really for that black card that he gave away. Just jumped on mm-hmm. on Robbie Dolan who was only running out of his own 21. Like, you know, he wasn't any danger whatsoever. Like I remember Lee in, in the first half, like Tiernan Flanagan, do you remember he gave the ball away to um, Rory Fallon to set up that goal chance that Ben O'Carroll... Like you, you would have put your house on Ben O'Carroll to to score that, especially the way he'd started the game. But like that wasn't the only time Glenn did this type of thing. Um, Ryan Dugan kicked it over uh, Michael Warnock's head at one stage. Mm-hmm. Warnock was given out to him. I think Here, the wind took that one. I was that's what I was going to ask you about the the wind. Was, maybe so, maybe so. It was a cross field wind now as yeah. well, but. Like, I don't think Kieran McFall could blame the wind. Do you remember maybe oh, two or three oh. minutes in when he just fisted the ball straight out of play? Um, yeah. Conor Carville did something similar in in the second half. He just kicked the ball straight down to Bridget's man in about 30 yards of space all around him. Like So it was just, there was things going on that you just, I suppose we hadn't anticipated from, from Glenn. Yeah, no, that that's it. Like, um, the... There was a lot of head shaking, wasn't there? And a lot of looking up to the skies to be like, like, where are yeah. you doing this to me? And, and when you're watching it, you, you sort of go into that mode yourself where you're like, it isn't their day. It's not going to happen. And then that's that's why it, it makes the last 10 minutes all the more impressive because it's one thing to show up on All-Ireland Final Day like St. Bridget's did, but it's another thing to have everything going against you and to miss the shots that you've missed, but to still keep plugging away and backing yourself that you'll find um, away and then to have the coolness to make some of the because their decision making sorry was, was awful and and a lot of the the game but in those last ten, 10 minutes they nearly could do no wrong um <laughs> like we'll, we'll we'll get into the Connor Glass because it was the Connor Glass show in the end uh Danny Tallon turns the ball over they win a free kick and near the sideline Connolly McGuckin has the you know the gale to take that free quickly because he sees Connor Glass with and, a bit of space and he was after hitting three very bad wides as well. Lee. Yeah, absolutely. But he never stopped. Like you yeah. know, I, I, I thought he he was uh, it was it was almost inspirational watching him. You know, like it, he was one player that just never looked undeterred. He just looks like he has like a a natural positivity about him. Um, and he was still you know sharp enough to to hit that free to Connor Glass. And then and in this moment, like I mean, the place must have just erupted because it looked for everyone's sake that he was going to take the point. You know, and, and bring it back till two point gap. Um, but he just puts his boot through it. <laughs> The keeper didn't even move for it, and it ruffled the back of the net. And then suddenly, you know, you've got a game on your hands here. And Connor Glass was just epic for that entire match. He's the one player for sixty minutes plus, nearly didn't put a foot wrong. And um, he had a, a crucial point in the first half, a brilliant block in the first half as well. The forty-five, I think, was their first point in the second half. And then this goal was just that was the cherry on cake. I mean, what 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 was it like in the stadium when that when that went in? I, I was stunned and I think everyone was stunned because you nearly felt as if St. Bridget's name was, was written on the cup uh, mm-hmm. at that stage. Um, Glass said afterwards, I'm sure you remember last year, Lee, when he got that chance against Kilmacudley on and it broke him and he kind of side-footed it. And it was actually a brilliant save by uh, Conor Ferris from Kilmacud. But Glass said after the match yesterday, um, I said to myself, if I ever get that opportunity again, I'm just going to put my foot through it. If it comes off, it comes off. If it doesn't, at least I went for it. Thankfully, it happened today, um, and I was able to get that opportunity again. Um, and I suppose, you know, it's it's a credit for him to him that he, he did get that opportunity. Like, not many lads would have probably made that run for Conlon McGuckian. Um, not many lads would, would have went for the goal, as, as you said. Um, I do think the Cormac Sheehy kind of... The, the Bridget goal he, he maybe made it a little bit easier for Glass in that he was caught in no man's land and he was yeah. on his way back to the goals as as Glass had the, had the ball in his hands uh, that's not to take away from from the finish from from Glass obviously um, but yeah like he he was he was the man like you you mentioned some of the some of the brilliant things he did like there was two interceptions in the first half that were just he has this athleticism about him Lee um that he 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 can kind of do things at at pure ease like even the after they had gone one up yeah Emmett Bradley had scored the free to put them one up and the next kick out this was again like a little bit silly from from the Bridget's goalkeeper Sheehy that he hit straight down on Connor Glass like who was obviously on fire at the time and that was the second time that 
the puck, the kick out went down on top of glass, and you're thinking, get that ball as far away from him as possible, the way he's mm-hmm. he's playing. But he fists, he jumped up into the sky, and it was like nearly an AFL um, mark. He got up so high and fisted it down, and it broke. Uh, I think it came straight to Conlon McGuckian, yeah. and then he put them two up. You know, so yeah, yeah he he just. Uh, he did. He he was the man that stepped up, and I suppose he he was the man that was you know while lads like maybe McFall and in fairness to McFall, he kept going as well. Like mm-hmm. he he like despite having the wides, he he stayed in the game and was still prominent. Um, the same for McGuckian later on. But Glass was the only one. Maybe Ethan Darty as well. I thought he he tried to take the game into Bridget's, even though he did run into uh, cul-de-sac sometime. But Glass was probably the lad that was there the whole way through at the, at the top of his game. No, he, he was for sure. And like just on Conor Glass, I mean, uh, it, like I, I remember watching Conor Glass in the McCrory Cup final. Got it. What year would that have been? Maybe 2013. And he was only fourth year, fifth year in the team. So he's about 15. And he's playing on, you know, what is essentially the, the sixth foreign team. Um, and he's playing at halfback because he's, at that stage, he hadn't fully grew, like so he was still small, but he was this flying machine, and he was just fantastic. And I think Simpat Smahara won the Hogan that year, and then he just flew from there. He won an Ulster title, I think, with the Derry. It was either Derry Miners or the Derry Under Twenties, and he'd signed a contract to go over to the yeah. AFL, the Hawthorns, um, uh, when he turned eighteen. So everyone knew he was leaving at eighteen, you know, and obviously Glenn were devastated that they were going to be losing. Uh, this talent um, and he went over there he went four five years and he did brilliantly and he, and he gathered such brilliant experience and he came back in 2020 right at the height of covid um, and Derry were playing Armagh in the Ulster championship that with you know with no crowd that winter championship the Dublin one um, and like he'll be the first admitted you know like everyone was really excited like, oh this is Connor Glass he's finally home and he just wasn't uh, effective in the game at all, you know, he, he sort of looked lost at sea, um, and, uh, and for good reason because you know he was literally off the plane in a Derry county team with no real training with them, technically playing a different sport for the last four years, obviously. And then people thought this is just another potentially, you know, a height job, really, a, a young kid who was given too much um, credit too early on. But what followed the end from 2020 is just absolutely insane. You know, he came home to win big trophies. For a club that had never won a, de- a Derry Senior Championship, and for a county that hadn't even lifted Ulster since 1998, and since then he's he's lifted two Ulsters with Derry, uh, three Derry Championships with Glen, two Ulsters with Glen, and now an All Ireland club, all within what like a, a a four year period. And to say that he was at the heart of all of that um, is probably an understatement. Um, he's just a genuine colossal of a player, the ultimate. You know, I am him sort of performance. I, I I thought he was magnificent. Yeah, and to be man of the match in the club final on top of that, you know, it kind of it cemented the the couple of years that that he's had. Um, he he was absolutely brilliant on the day. And yeah, as you said, it's no coincidence that since he's come back, the fortunes of club and county have both um turned for the better. Um, just looking back in the game, Lee, like, have you ever seen um? the Glen defence under such pressure like I know we've seen them against Kilmacud and against Kiku at different stages but like I, I like Michael Warnock is one of my favourite players in, in the team because he, he seems to have everything like he has pace mm-hmm. he's great at reading the game he stepped in at centre back last year when there was no Kieran McFall and like yesterday like it's it's Ben O'Carroll had him like under all sorts of pressure and mm-hmm. Ben O'Carroll is obviously an unbelievable player and like so the speed he has and the skill he has there was one passage play um i put up on my twitter there today um when eddie nolan just the ball was going out of play and eddie nolan just drew a boot at it down the line towards o'carroll and like the ball was flying at him and he just collects it no bother whatsoever picks it up for, like first touch absolutely perfect gets surrounded by two lads somehow breaks it out runs on um, you know, he did absolutely brilliantly for that goal for Brian Derwin when he kind of cut back behind Warnock. Warnock was out in front of him. Um, and Robbie Dolan found him with a brilliant pass. Um, but I suppose, yeah, the the point I'm making is the the kind of the real electricity and the swagger that Bridget's brought 
to the game. Um, it was just a joy to watch because, yeah, we mentioned that they only had one wide in, in the whole game. Like, these boys were so clued in. And, you know, it probably was just that small thing at the end that, that caught them. But, yeah, have you, have you seen Glenn, like, under such pressure? And Because the, all the talk was that Bridges wouldn't get the space that they had been getting, you know, against Carfin, mm-hmm. Castlehaven. No, yeah, like and and like if you're really confident about any area of the of the Glen team, you know, you know, first of all midfield, obviously we have Bradley and Connor Glass, but then the defense is just they're just, they're just such a sure thing, and I think I was best typified when they played Scotstown, you know, and everyone was talking about, geez, like Scotstown, I mean they've got a county player in every sort of section of the pitch in every lane, and it's like Connor McCarthy, Jack McCarran, you know, um, the Hughes, like it's just you know, how you're going to be able to keep them as quiet as, as you can do. And, and I thought they did a brilliant job that day. So you just think this is going to be business as usual. But I think it's really just, it is just testament to players like Brian Derwin and uh, uh, Ben O'Carroll. Um, like, Ben O'Carroll, before the final, I know we're going to talk about this later, he would have been in contention for player of the the championship all, all through because he has just been devastating. He's so, so clever, so fast, so skillful. Um, he makes knocking balls into something like you. That example you used, you know, like I mean, that that that, that was sort of a, a, a nothing thing, and and he managed to win it and and turn it into something positive uh, for St. Bridget's. So uh, it is just credit to to the St. Bridget's forwards, and we talked about that a lot going in. Uh, I thought Glenn got a, a hold or a hold off them a little bit better when Ryan Dugan went on to Ben. Um, that definitely, yeah seemed a better matchup that, that that sort of changed the dynamic just a little bit because it stopped the onslaught from St. Bridget's. It allowed Glenn to settle a little bit and finally get some points. And I actually think it was Michael Warnock who got the point that brought it from four to three. It was. And then that, uh, maybe give Conor Glass the onus to go for goal, you know, knowing that it, it would actually equalise. And it's just sometimes changes like that. You don't think, everyone thinks it has to be like a, a substitute. You know, you got to bring a player on and he has to change the whole game. But it can be as cute as just, swapping a marker you know or uh, a slight positional change and uh, dropping a sweeper or whatever and then suddenly everything clicks and that was it because like all the momentum was with St. Bridget's and when they were taking on those shots in the first half like some of the scores they kicked um, into the breeze that we've already mentioned like Rory Fallon kicked one in the first half was absolutely unbelievable Mm -hmm. he kicked another brilliant one uh, late on as well the one that put them four up where he just sliced through the Glen defence. And he's definitely a, a man that will be, I'd say, will be seen. I know he was on the Common panel, but we'll be seeing more of him. Um, I'd imagine Eddie Nolan kicked two brilliant ones as well. Kieran Sugru as well. Uh, Brian Brian Derwin. And then the two uh, wing forwards are Jai to watch, Connor Hand and, and, and Robbie Dolan too. But I suppose it was in those last five minutes, Lee, where it just seemed, I think, Glen they won two or three kickouts in a row. And they kind of came on to them like a tidal wave, nearly. There was no no stopping Glenn at that stage. And when they got level, you nearly felt as if Bridget's race was run. Like, And I'd say they were, they were shocked because it all happened so quick. From being four, four up to Warnock's point to Glass's goal. And especially the manner of Glass's goal. Like, I, Some people were giving out about um, Robbie Dolan that he took the free a bit quick. And maybe he did. Um... I know he was giving his teammate kind of, you know, lifting his leg up. His teammate had cramp yeah. and then he kicked it up along the line. I think the referee must have been on to him because you wouldn't have seen him kicking that ball so quick otherwise. Um, yeah. But yeah, it just turned um, so quick and they probably, they didn't, you probably didn't think they had time to respond. They, they nearly did uh, respond, but I suppose it came down to that last free, which, which was a good effort as well by, by Shane Canaan, Lee. Yeah, no, it, it was it was excellent, and do you know what? Um, just again to, to talking a little about that 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 comeback, uh, and we talked there about the mentality of these Glen players. That even when they are maybe having a difficult game, like you mentioned, Michael Warnock maybe struggling on Ben O'Carroll, uh, but then he goes and he kicks that point. You know, like the, these players don't let negative sort of seep into their performance. They never hide after uh, mistakes like that. Like Conlick McGuckin maybe missed three shots before he kicked that brilliant one uh, to give them the lead in the first place, and then I thought. Conleith again, uh, he made the decision and it was, you know, it was a calculated decision to make, to make the foul that he did that resulted in the free kick right at the very end. You know, he, he, it was a black yard. It couldn't have been more blatant that he was just 
um, cynically bringing them down, you know, to, to stop uh, some bridges getting an equalizer or working the ball into a position where they could get a better shot. And although you could argue that, like, you know, giving a free kick and allowing uh, a taker of his caliber sort of time and space, you know, and, and um, the freedom to take that shot without any uh, defenders and stuff was a silly mistake. But some bridges we talked about it all day about how potent they were up front you know they, they probably were going to work a chance and going by the statistics they were going to score it so I think it was the shot was maybe 45 meters out was it against the wind mm-hmm. Colin McGuckin you know to have the the what's the word like the guile and, and the the awareness at that stage of the game to, to make the foul there because literally any you know even a few steps closer to goal and suddenly it's a silly free kick to give away but it did go wide and it paid off in the end, but it was a calculated risk. Especially when Canaan had just scored a free yeah. uh, minutes earlier. Do you know, his confidence would have been high and and he definitely struck that last free. He struck that very well too. Um, it was, it was it just tailed off slightly um, in, in, in the wind uh, at, at the finish. And look, um, Glenn, like nobody could argue that, um, that these lads don't deserve um, an All-Ireland title. You know they've 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 been they've been the standout club team um this year um they're now the first side from Derry to win the All Ireland club title since Ballinderry in two thousand and two and they wrapped off a nice uh, record for Ulster which I'm surprised you didn't take the opportunity to gloat about earlier in the show there Lee that they're the third team to win the All Ireland. I just it's just a given at this stage, isn't it? That Ulster rules uh, club football. Um, another little interesting record there because they're the fourth team in Derry to lift the club all Ireland that means they're now on par with Dublin and Kerry as a county um, because Dublin and Kerry have also got four different teams that have lifted uh, that trophy as well so and you know Derry's obviously a a, a smaller county so um, big credit to them obviously and you think of like how how close like Slough Neal came in in recent years as well you know um, it's, it's very impressive what they're doing in club football and we're you're really only seeing the fruits of it now at county level because they've been a bit of a uh, a sleeping giant in recent times. Uh, what did you think of the, the the celebrations afterwards? Like Connor Carville loves a he he loves a speech. Like you know, I I think he's brilliant. I really enjoy them. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny the speeches. Like the Ulster speeches are all kind of similar in that it's like they're so passionate. Uh, um, when an Ulster team wins, like it was similar to the Cullihanna captain Smith. Mm-hmm. Um last week um and there's maybe kind of less excitement in it it's more kind of just like uh do you know there's kind of pauses for dramatic effect and yeah. and so on it's there's a different kind of speech between the ulster winners i think and the <laughs> winners from say monster connacht or leinster yeah no there definitely is um there has to be a little bit of uh um we were written off yeah 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 well, you know, underdogs look at us now you know and what did he say? He said, "If you're, you know, you can, if you're from Glen, you know, you can stick your chest out and say I'm a Wadi and we're club all Ireland's and uh, king of Ireland now because last year, obviously, when they lifted Ulster, he made the claim, you know, kings of Ulster. And um, mm-hmm. so that's like a little theme that he's got going on. And to be fair to him, uh, he's got plenty of practice in in recent years. Um, you know, that man is fairly used to going up steps to to lift trophies. So." I do. I enjoy it now. And, and did you see um, Connor Glass? Or you already mentioned a little bit of Connor Glass's interview after the match about just about how he was never going to sort of let that situation happen again. But you know, like the the reporter was trying to sort of say, you know, how amazing he was and how brilliant he was to, to get that goal and take the game. But he sort of replied and said, you know, that wouldn't have happened if uh, you know Danny Talon hadn't got that turnover uh, down the wing. You know to to change it that's your teammates helping you out and i just sort of think that's isn't that the measure of the man and sort of the measure of off that glen team there is cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. 
Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A serious, serious unity about them. They love to, like, celebrate each other's successes and they really believe in one another, you know, that, like, and, and, I, and, it, and it buys into that whole thing, too, that, like, you know, you don't want to let your club down, obviously, you don't want to let yourself down, but you don't want to let the, the boy to the left of you down and the boy to the right of you down because you know that they're going to stand up for you. I, I just thought it was, the celebrations were really lovely, really. Yeah, um, I suppose they've all grown up together, like, and we've seen that there was a video on Derry G last year that was called The Boys from the Estate, like, and even Carville mentioned it in his, his speech talking about, you know, playing darts and... I'd say, you know, I'd say they nearly live in each other's pockets. Like I'd say they're all kind of best buds that way. And um, you can definitely see it in the, the team spirit. That's enough uh, about the, the football, Lee, um, because the hurling was just as exciting. Um, once again, uh, a one-point game came down to the very last puck uh, of the ball. But after all is said and done, St. Thomas's of Galway have won their second All-Ireland club title um, they won the first one back in 2013 and I suppose they've been on a bit of a pursuit to add to that in, in the 10 years, the 11 years that have followed and they've, you know, they've had a tale of, I suppose, disappointing results in, in losing four semi-finals to Ballier, Bursley, um, Ballyhale. Dunloy in extremely disappointing fashion last year where, where they just didn't really show up. They lost the final as well. But um they put it all right um yesterday and yeah, nobody could say like the Glen win, it was it was certainly well deserved, I suppose, as well, having beaten Bally Gunner who who everybody nearly had as shoe ins for the All Ireland. No, it definitely wasn't and just the added effect too of being down to fourteen men with, with so much Hurling still left to play, you know, you, you you just couldn't sort of escape the feeling that O'Lock and Gales were, were going to find a way, to, you know, to get back into it. And of course, they do equalise at a stage and you're thinking, you know, it's going to be a really, really big ask here for St. Thomas to find a way. But uh, I thought they were brilliant and I thought they were hugely entertaining. And, and, and like Glenn, you know, in that final third, uh, leaders really stood up to the fore. Um, a lot of players really thought that, like, you know, you, you just love it when you see a player that, has it and you can see this clear day in their eyes that like I am not letting this slip you know that sort of attitude mm. and they're putting everything on the line they're like there is no way that this is um slipping through my grasp again and, and there were several St Thomas players that, that had that sort of mentality well nobody had it um nobody summed it up more really than, than David Burke for me uh and he he was deservedly named as as the TG Cahar man of the match and you know, this man is just, uh, he's an Ironman. Um, he did his cruise ship back in April. We're all aware of that, that he came back within six months to come on as a sub in, in the Galway um, final, which St. Thomas's won. And, you know, this is a man who, who has done it all. He was there when when Thomas won that first All-Ireland back in 2013. He captained Galway to the All-Ireland in 2017. He's 34 years of age, Lee. And a lot of people would have said, you know, you do your cruciate when you're 33, 34. Like, you're on your last legs. Mm-hmm. Um, but David Burke wouldn't take no for an answer. And he obviously put everything into getting back. Um, I read a, a brilliant interview with his sister, um, Deirdre Burke, um, during the week. And, you know, she was talking about those those last few few months um, when, you know, you'd ask David, how's the knee and how is he getting on? And he'd just say, ah, not too bad. Yeah, he wouldn't give too much away. Like, but mm-hmm. I, I suppose that's just, uh, he's, so, he's so dogged and so tough. And he's always, I think he's one of the hardest um, players that you could, you could come across. Like, uh, and... You know, he, he he clearly put everything into it. He, he spoke of the 10 years of hurt that they'd had since mm-hmm. winning last. And, um, you know, what a testament that is to a man who, at that age, coming back, that sort, to have that sort of an influence, to be throwing yourself into absolutely everything. Um, yeah. You know. I, I just, in seeing, like, he's, like, 
Robocop nearly. Um, the fact that that injury came last March for him to be back as, as quickly as he is, is is absolutely insane. And anyone would tell you, all the experts and surgeons and doctors, you know, they'd nearly be saying, if you come back that quickly, um, you know, your body will break down again. You know, it's, it's too much too soon. And then, you, like you mentioned, you threw in his, his age profile and none, none of it adds up. None of it makes any sense. You know, make it make sense now that mm-hmm. this man shouldn't be playing Ireland at this level so soon after doing such a, a serious, serious injury. Um. I'd be fascinated to hear, like you already mentioned, he doesn't give too much away, but I'd be fascinated to hear what his process was in terms of that because you hear stories of like uh, uh, when you do your cruciate, you have the choice of getting the operation, the surgery, obviously, and then then really it's all about the rehab and, and getting the leg strong enough again, and that's a really long and uh, daunting process. And then you have other um, footballers in the past, I think like Kieran McGinney, Michael Darren McCauley even did it, where they opted not to have the surgery and what they did was they just rehabbed and um, strengthened the muscles around where the cruciate should be and made them so, uh, like, solid and, you know, and, and well-functioned that, like, it, it didn't matter that they didn't have one nearly, and which is nearly a an, an inhuman level of uh, resilience that you need to have to do something like that. So it'd be fascinated to see what route he came down. But either way, to come back as as quickly as he did is, is just, it's just unbelievable. And it embodies the spirit, really, of this St. Thomas team, you know, like, when... And no matter what you throw at them and how badly uh, you damage them, they're, they're just going to keep coming at you. That's absolutely it, Lee. And I suppose the doubt coming into it was, would they be able to replicate that um, ferocity that they clearly brought to Port Leash five weeks ago when they beat Ballygunner? But did, while they had a, quite a slow start, they definitely brought it in spades um, in the second half. Um, as you mentioned there about Denis actually... Davy Byrne, who took a year out from Dublin this year, he actually came back within six months, having done the knee without getting the surgery as well um, mm. last year. Um, David Burke, now, he was on a programme with um, Catherine Thomas earlier this year. It was My Body Fix. And he kind of went through the, do you know, the I suppose the, the difficulties and, and how hard it was to come back Um and as far as I'm aware, he did have he did have the surgery. Um, so, you know, he he obviously must have been uh, some, doing some serious rehab. Um, I, I actually watched the game back uh, last night um, and kind of just totted up all he had done in the game. And you know, he scored the three points. One of them um, was just before half time when they really needed one. He went into the full forward line, got a point. He scored the first point straight after half time from, I'd say, 80 yards out under a bit of pressure, you know, an inspirational score. But he also um, won three, three frees, Lee. Um, two of them were scored. He gave three direct assists for for points for his teammates, two of them for, for his brother, Aina. Um, and yeah, just look, we, we've, we've probably spoken enough about him at this stage, but... Um, Definitely a deserved man of the match and mm-hmm. uh, an, an unbelievable performance from from him. Um, I suppose another talking point is just the whole Burke factor with St. Thomas's. Like uh, we always talk about the families and club GA and how much you know your brother playing beside you and so on. Like when they won in twenty thirteen, David's father was the manager and he had five brothers on the team. Um, his he now his one of his brothers the the eldest Kenneth he was the manager yesterday, so I'm not sure if that's ever happened before that a father and son have managed um a, a club their own club to win all Ireland club titles, um it's obviously a phenomenal achievement, but then there was David uh, Dara uh, Cahill who had an unbelievable game wing back, um. They were all playing. Uh, Aina obviously got the unbelievable winning score. Then mm-hmm. they've their second cousins, Finton Burke and uh, Bernard Burke as well. Um, so just uh, an unbelievable um, family, um, those Burks. And I suppose I've, I've mentioned Finton Burke there, Lee. Uh, what are your thoughts on the goal that has been this, the ghost goal, I suppose? Yeah. Uh, People were there was hurling folk. Even Dermot the Rock O'Sullivan said that VAR mentioned the dreaded th- three letters V A R in relation to hurling. I never thought I'd see the day. 
Do we need no. it? Yeah, no. Um, it's it's very surprising. Yeah, and and, and hurling people especially, you know, they're as traditional as they come typically. Uh, so for them to be looking VAR to be introduced, even just for one moment, is funny. Um, what is interesting, right, is that dur- during the the COVID years where you had to do like staycations and stuff. Um, me and the girlfriend did like a little tour around the west and then down into Galway and then into Dublin and there was no games or nothing on at that stage but you could still do little things and one of the things was the Croke Park tour and I'd never done it before so we thought we would and interestingly they were showing us or telling us about uh, how hockey works and you know the camera there's a gap there you know uh, speak to the ref and things and he actually said that technically they do have VAR like they have the cameras where they can replay decisions for red cards and things and zoom in and you know they have all of that maybe not as uh uh technically advanced as, as obviously what it would be in the Premier League but the point is there's there's second days out there and cameras to watch and there's communication with the match officials so like it's actually all in place but the rules state that you know it they only uh use it for hockey but it is just funny you know that it's all there and it's all installed so it maybe isn't as far fetched to dream or fantasy, as, as you may think, um, it, could, it could eventually go that way. Uh, on the thing itself, I thought Fittenberg just, first of all, I thought he was um, brilliant to get himself, his body on the line to stop the shot in general. And then he couldn't nearly sort out his feet and, you know, he fell into the into the goal with the ball in his hand. And then the question is, did it cross the line, didn't it? Um, and I think you were going to make a, an interesting argument <clears throat> compared to that Arsenal fiasco. You're going to sit on the fence, are you? Yeah, I'm just going to let you say what you say first. Um, <laughs> and tell you what you're wrong. Well, uh, look, I'm not saying, uh, like, I like everyone is saying that it was a certain goal and it was a definite goal um, and so on. And I know that you have the photos that mm-hmm. make it appear like the ball was definitely over the line. Like when you're coming from the angle... Um, outside the goals and from afar it kind of makes it look like it's further over the line than it is um like i i don't think even if there was people like O'Loughlin gales on the sideline they were kind of saying to sean stack and they were shouting at him you know look up at that big screen and you'll see it um that it was over the line and of course as is always the way in croke park lee when something controversial happens it actually showed it showed it the first time, probably by mistake, on the big screen. And then the second time, it's about to show Owen Wall taking the shot. And it just cuts out. And everyone in Croke Park kind of starts booing at that stage. Um, but I do remember that from earlier in the season in the Premier League when Newcastle got a goal against um, Arsenal. And it was actually given. And Arsenal were saying, you know, that the ball was definitely out of play. And then the the replay was from the same sort of angle overhead and from back this side of the, the this side of the ball and like you're sure that the ball is out mm-hmm. and then you see it from overhead which came out a couple of days later and it was actually extremely tight like so like it it more than likely was over over the line um but I do think you probably need a an overhead angle like from the crossbar say to just say for for definite yeah no, yeah, like, and, and it's nearly, and like, even with the cameras and the photos and things like that, there's still an element of it being inconclusive. So you can only feel for the umpires, you know, who are trying to. Well, they should have been. They were both behind the goals. Like yeah. that was probably the, the like it, it would have been. Like they probably were. The, they were the ones that should have seen it really. Like, yeah. and and you wonder why they were behind the goals. Like, like why would you be behind the goals when a lad is taking a shot and goal? Yeah, you know, like you should be level with the goals, and like that's probably your only job there if a lad is taking a shot and goal to see does it cross the line or not. And both of them were in the same place, like. No, it is like, and then, and then you know, and that does give a lot of uh, yields a reason to be um, to be annoyed about it. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it is one of them. It's it's like they should be frustrated, obviously, but it isn't as. Uh, as uh, you know, it's not a robbery of, of 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 a decision. It's just it's just so hard to call. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like yeah. I've never really seen anything like it before in in yeah. Like you know, it was just so bizarre. You you really think they save these things for finals? Yeah, that's exactly it. Like between the controversy last year as well. Yeah. Um, 
like as as like you would it, it was disappointing for O'Loughlin Gales like because you don't like um something like that happening especially on 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 the final day um as you said Fitton de Burke deserves a lot of credit that was an unbelievable I don't know how he managed to catch the ball first of all and then he was so quick up he just wanted to clear his lines he lamped the ball before the umpires could even get themselves to the goals you know to make a decision yeah. um he was just clearing clearing up um you know get get this get this whole thing out, out of the way um but yeah i suppose um it was it was a uh, typically uh similar enough to the ballygunner game it was a hard hitting game and and the referee Sean Stack like he was so involved in in the game Lee. um i like having watched it back last night the amount of flash points and the amount of you know times where could this that have got a card here like Five minutes in, Connor Cooney turns around, having been given something of a hospital pass, and Connor Heary absolutely lined him up and buried him with a shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Burke comes in as fiery as he always is, and he gives Owen O'Shea a belt with the hurl. And I'm thinking, after seeing Connor Heary get the yellow, and you know, usually the ref gives two yellows at the one time, I'm thinking, is Dave Burke going to get sent off here? But there was so many of those um, moments. There was talk that Aina Burke, we're going to talk about his score in a few minutes. Um, there was talk that he could have got sent off. You know, he was on a yellow, having pulled Mikey Butler down just before half time. Then he gave a nasty slap on Jordan Malloy. Mentioned Jordan Malloy. Jordan Malloy could have been sent off because he headbutted David Burke. Um, there were so many flashpoints. Uh, I'm thinking of John Head. I'm nearly sure it was John Head. He pushed Sean Budger out over the advertising horns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we probably shouldn't be laughing, but the amount of flashpoints in this game, and I'd say that probably added to um, the decision to send James Regan off. I'd say Sean Sack just lost his patience. Yeah, yeah, no, um, I think so. It was definitely a case of two teams who were never going to take a a step backwards and, um, you know, they, they weren't going to shrink on the day sort of thing. But, like, you can make a point that, like, if it was a different referee, uh, you know, just different decisions would have been made and different people would have got sent off and maybe uh, James would have stayed on. And would that have actually changed the outcome of the match? I'm not too sure. But, like, it, it would have been an incredibly difficult game to, to manage in the referee because it was just kicking off everywhere, wasn't it? It was like a minefield. It absolutely was uh, just, um, yeah, pure, pure madness. Um, I suppose, like Kenneth Burke after the game, he wasn't really conceding much. He said, um, just on the goal, he said, if it did go in, sometimes you get the rub of the green, other times you don't. You just have to adapt and keep going. I suppose it had no real effect on the game after that. Um, <laughs> well, you know, all Auckland's would probably argue with that um, a small bit, but... He did. He did take issue with with Regan's red card as well. Um, he said, "I don't think he connected with him really. It looked bad at the time. Um, the referee only sees it right once. He has to make a decision. But I don't think he caught him at all. So we were very disappointed with the decision at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, um, as we said, it was probably just a build up of things in Sean Stack. He said something has to give here." Um, I do think it was on the harsh uh, side. I think Jack Nolan kind of made a bit more out of it than was in it uh, from what we could see. But David Burke said it in his post-match interview, Lee, sometimes when you get the red card, you know, it's such a... Like, it hits you. It hits you hard. And he said that that was our now-or-never moment. We realised, like, you know, we have to start hurling here. And from then on... They played almost the full second half with 14 men. And from then on, Thomas's were a different team completely. Yeah, no, and, and it does do that to some players or to some teams. Um, do you know the way when it gets to maybe the last five minutes of a game, uh, you sort of start to be like, oh my God, we're actually running out of time here. We really, really need to get our act together. And everyone sort of lifts it. But it's nearly a lot of the time you know, too little, too late. But mm-hmm. when you get a, a red card, or even in the Glen game when Cahill Mulholland got his black card um, so late in that match, 
it, it sort of makes you think, well, we're going to have to work doubly as hard now and we're going to have to really give the la- that last big push that everyone gives. You're going to have to give it, you know, a little bit sooner. Um, and it can bond a team in some regards. Um, we didn't actually mention Cal Mulholland's block when, when he came back on for Glenn, which was just unbelievable against Banner Carl. It definitely deserves a mention. Um, and then just in this occasion as well, St. Thomas, you know, they were able to perform magnificently, uh, uh, even with the red card. But on the tackle itself, you know, I was just sort of, obviously I'm not a, a, a hurling connoisseur like yourself. Oh, you're getting there. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm doing well, I'm doing well. Uh, I definitely, I might know the most in Tyrone, but that's not a big claim, I don't think. <laughs> um, uh, technically speaking, and this is sort of the debate, I was, I was following a lot of the debate on Twitter. It's always interesting to see what people say. You know, they were saying, like, ultimately, would you agree that it was soft, but technically correct? You know, is that fair to say? Well, I suppose it's kind of, it's the consistency, like, um, Connor Heary's probably was a worse hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he wasn't sent off. And like technically it probably was. Like it was technically it was the exact same really as Richie Hogan's red card in the twenty nineteen Ireland final mm-hmm. when he was when he had Cahill Barrett that time. And you know, it was a glancing blow. I suppose you probably shouldn't have have the elbow out in in a situation like that. Um you know, so it's it's kinda like the, the referee, as we've mentioned all these flashpoints, the referee can't get everything right. Like, yeah, and you have to have a bit of um, of patience. Like, how are you going to get everything right when it's so f- confrontational and frantic. emotions are running so high? So frantic, exactly. Like, so um, tough job for him <clears throat> as well, um, for sure. Um, it took on a similar pattern to the football league in that the favourites St. Thomas's, the favourites Glen, you know, they're both coming in having beaten the favourites in the semi-finals, Kilmacud and Ballygunner, um, that these teams were slow to start and O'Loughlin Gales were on fire early on there in the first half, their half back line had six points from play scored. Um, David Fogarty, um, Paddy Deegan and, and Jordan Malloy were all on fire um, and they were running at St. Thomas's and yeah as we said the the red card it woke St. Thomas's up um, mm-hmm. in, in, in the second half I want to give look we're going to finish the show talking about Aina Burke and I honestly think I could talk about this score I'd say you could give me an hour talking about this score itself um, even his last two scores um, to be honest but I want to give a a, a Shout out to jo- uh, to Dave Fogarty. Um, that point he got just before to level the game up um, was unbelievable. Um, this is a lad who scored a, a leveling point in, in the Kilkenny final. He scored the winning point against Cushendall. He's a young man. Um, he'd scored a, a brilliant point in the first half. And, you know... O'Loughlin's Gales, their life was on the line yesterday. They were a point down. He gets a pass from from Connor Kelly on his own forty five. Aina Burke of all people is flying in to block him down. Uh forty shows unbelievable composure to take it around Burke and buries it over the bar from a good seventy five, eighty meters out. Um just an incredible score in the circumstances from a young man who has had an exceptional year for a lot of Gales. And I know he's 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 small and he, he's young, but he's definitely a player who has a, a really bright future for, for Kilkenny. Yeah, and it, there's something so satisfying about seeing a, a, a young fella like that, you know, sort of just take the weight of the world on his shoulders and make it look so effortless, you know, that maybe the ignorance of youth kind of thing, you know, mm. where it, it doesn't seem to to bother him in the slightest and he, he just sees it as another opportunity to showcase his talents and that's what what you know what better stage than, than an all Ireland club final and in some ways it's almost a shame yeah, that that wasn't like the that it wasn't the point that could take it to extra time but the point that wins it as you're going to talk about now is 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 incredible. But before you do get to that, I do want to ask about Mickey Butler. Have you seen this? Wearing Limerick shorts, is it? Yeah, why? Why is he wearing Limerick shorts? I suppose um, it's white and green as well. No, I know why. Like I know it's the same colour, but surely in the club all Ireland, 
you'd wear your club shorts. Like, could he not have borrowed a pair from someone? I suppose he easily could have, all right. Um, I know I've seen Tony Kelly wear Kilkenny shorts when he's playing for Ballier um, in, in in recent years. And I know, like, a lot of lads, uh, say, even just playing with my club, you'd see some lads wearing Lee shorts and Cavan shorts just because they're the same. And sometimes it can be hard to get the club shorts you know that's a way it definitely was funny to to see it though it was it's maybe maybe a luck thing as well maybe he wore them earlier on and thought they brought him good luck and who knows superstition and all that but yeah. it was it was just funny now you know there's always eagle-eyed fans like they don't miss anything yeah it's it's heartbreak for them O'Loughlin Gales boys like Paddy Deegan Hugh Lawler um, Mikey Butler has maybe lost one less but Paddy Deegan and Hugh Lawler have lost three All-Irelands with Kilkenny now and, and a club All-Ireland with with O'Loughlin Gales as well like so you know that'll be that'll be um, a difficult one to take for them um, especially you know the brilliant years that those two lads have, have had like um, I know Dave Burke has been has been exceptional but I, I, I would say Paddy Deegan would be very hard pushed to be beaten to club hurler of the year just the year that he's had um especially just an absolute uh, uh he's just unbelievable really from 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 center half back a bit like Connor Glass as you were describing earlier in the football and I suppose Lee um the last we're, we'll save the best to last and uh, cuz that's what Anna Burke did in 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 the final um you have to give a bit of praise to to Gerald Kelly, the Thomas's goalkeeper. Um, he had scored a free from about ninety yards out. I've actually seen that man score a goal from a puck out before playing for Mayo uh, a few years ago. He has an unmerciful belt of a ball, and he gave it absolutely everything um, with the last puck out of the day. Well, not the last puck out of the day, with his last puck out when, when he sent it down into the... He nearly landed it on the 21, Lee. Um, and, you know, that kind of had O'Loughlin Gales chasing and under a bit of pressure, like from a puck out, which was uh, a serious belt from, from Kelly. And it just all took off from from there. It was it was something special to watch. And I'm sure you you enjoyed it there. Uh, Anna Burke's just moment of genius. Oh yeah, I mean, I I never seen anything quite like it because like as, as unbelievable as that puck out was and stuff, and um, you know they sort of carve an opportunity, but it isn't even really an opportunity. Like it's not clear cut. Like the, the angle that he's at, the fact that he doesn't even like no one's expecting him to shoot because his back his back is to goal. He doesn't even take time to you know to look over his shoulder. He just I don't know if it was like on pure instinct or you know a, a divine intervention or whatever. I, I have never seen anything like that at that time of the match from that distance, that angle, in such an occasion as well. It was just, it was just surreal. Like, I mean, what? what surely, if, if you said uh, the stadium was sort of stunned when Conor Glass's goal went in, it, it must have erupted equally um, as big when, when that went over the bar. Yeah, it, it was the best point I've ever seen in my life, uh, Lee, just considering uh-huh. that that was it, the last, you know, the last roll of the dice in an All-Ireland mm-hmm. final um, to do what he did. And he scored an unbelievable a few, an unbelievable point a few minutes earlier. Um, and they're talking about Aina Burke, he's able to s- score a point from a phone box, you know, and he can swing so quick. And, and he did that five minutes earlier. Um, this one just, I, I don't know, what, what can you say about it? Like, um, I, I jumped up out of my seat in, in the press box. I was had the perfect view. We were up in the Hogan stand in the press box scene. And I think everyone, everyone jumped out of their seats just like, what has just happened? Because you see him, he's kind of juggling with the ball. He does a full 360 trying to, trying to bring it down into control. And he eventually gets it. And then he's swinging straight away. And I'd say... Yeah, yeah. No, by looking at the goalkeeper, like is this going close? And the uh, Stephen Murphy was looking at it, and I'd say he was, you know, so disappointed seeing it sail over the bar. But just um, an incredible, incredible score um, from Aina Burke. He's obviously a player that that can do this. He's been a sharpshooter for St Thomas's for years and and years. Um, and yeah, uh, I was sitting beside Darren Frehill 
uh, from RTE in, in the press box and he had interviewed Aina Burke straight after the game and, and I asked him, do you know, like what was, how, what was he like down there? And he said that he was actually shaking, Lee. Um, it probably wasn't long after the final whistle. But I, I listened back to the interview and Darren Frell's first question to him was like, uh, how are you after that? And Aina Burke was like, I'm not good. I'm not good. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, like he was he was shaking with the with the excitement of of it all. And um, I don't know, like what what more can you say? Like it was just um, it was something it was something special, like and yeah. and, and something special to see in an, in an All-Ireland final. Do you, ever, do you ever do like when you were in school at English and then? There's always at some year group anyway. There's always a task where it's like, oh, you have to write down, um, like a, you know this it's like creative writing. You have to write down like a dream scenario, and basically all of the boys in the classroom wrote how they're gonna either win, you know, the All Ireland with their county or the Premier League with Man United or whatever. And I'd say there's hurlers growing up all over the country who would have dreamed of winning the club All Ireland by scoring the best point you'll ever see, right at the day in seconds. You know. Like even in like a child's fantasy, that would have been the most ludicrous thing you you could have come up with, or you couldn't even have come up with something just quite as ri- ridiculous as what you know actually managed to pull off. And that's just uh, fairy tale stuff in the end. So I'm sure, like imagine you know you just completed all of your dreams, and then you're being interviewed at, and and asked to describe how it feels. It must be yeah. I, I'm not surprised he was shaking. It's no wonder he was shaking. And Lee, that is a. Great note to to finish it on. Um, it's been an unbelievable club season. Uh, I think we'll do teams of the year uh, when we're back next week. The Allianz League is is kicking off next week, so there's no rest for us. But um, yeah, a brilliant finale to an unbelievable club season, and uh, we're definitely looking forward to to more to come in in the next few weeks. So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you again next Monday. Sports Joe presents the GAA Hour.